In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of koi gear, casting, and kunai's. Okay, people, get your geek on. everyone, it's December 10th, 2011, and you're listening to episode 21 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from the Mythbusters slash Discovery Channel Liability Department. Also known as Oops. Did we do that? <laughs> yes, nobody's having a fun time around here. But more explanation on that later. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you guys doing out there? Are you nice and warm wherever you are, or are you frigid and cold and freezing like we are? Damn. Are you panicking about holiday knitting? If you're knitting for Hanukkah, you've only got a couple days left. Oh, jeez. If you celebrate Christmas, don't get complacent either, because there's only two weeks to go. That is true. That is very true. Only two weeks to go till the jolly fat man shows up and eats all your cookies. And he's not the one doing the knitting. Speaking of knitting, we start off with adventures in knitting. Okay. I have this week... I have continued with the Celtic socks of name pronouncement we were unsure of, and I'm just going to go with Maeva. Yeah. I'm just going to go with it. M-A-E-V-A? Some, yeah. Yeah. From Nitty by Stephanie Bold. And I am almost finished the chart that finishes up the gusset because the brocade or Celtic work goes all the way up the instep of your foot. I'm hoping to finish these socks before I travel. <laughs> Whatever. I have. I, I can have delusions. Don't think that's going to happen. I'll finish one sock before I travel. Yeah. But I'm going to take the paper moon socks with me because those are my zoning socks. Yeah. I, can, I can do those without... Because I need a chart to, to work on these, and I've got to move that little... It's just like your Vipers. i got to move the post-it note up yeah. to know where the hell I am. I'm not taking that on the plane with me. Yeah, especially not if you're wrangling a small child. No, not for something like... Yeah, the flight's three hours, but it's going to be something like seven hours total travel time. Yeah, especially you know when you're trying to wait in the airport for the flight, and then on the plane. We're going to be singing Jingle Bell Rock at the top of our lungs just to keep him from running up and down the, you know, terminals, going, Whee! <laughs> or some other such, Mama, Mama, I want to go on that one. Aiden, that's not our plane. Mama, Mama, I want to take a ride on that golf cart. <laughs> it makes beeping noises. Yes, it do. Yes, it do. <laughs> Anyways, so other than that, I have also cast on the linen stitch scarf. I cast on 450 stitches on knit night. It took pretty much knit night for yeah. me to cast that on. Because I kept having to stop and recount because it recommends you put a stitch marker in every 50 stitches, yeah. which is the easy way, really, of counting that ma- that number of stitches yeah, to break it up into smaller right. increments. The thing is that and I kept trying to keep in. up with the conversation and yeah. count 50, and I would always get somewhere into the late 30s and go, oh, crap, I can't remember what I was, if that was a 38 or a 37, and what was I talking about? Oh, I have to start again. But yeah, I cast on 450 stitches. I am exactly eight rows in, and I know because it has you bind off into a knot every three rows so that you have fringes on either end. This was going to be my travel project, (laughs) but now that I've gotten into it a few rows, no, this is not going to be my travel project. (laughs) It's not that it's 450 stitches. That's not the reason. It's because I have to take the three skeins with me, and I have to have a cutting implement at the end of each row. Yeah. Which, yeah, I could take the nail clippers, but it's going to be one more thing my son's going to want to experiment with when he sees them. (laughs) 
I can help you, Mama. I can help you. No, please do not help me, Knit. Please. Mama wants you very much to not help her. <laughs> please, please don't touch Mama's knitting. Yeah. So I will probably be taking the paper moon socks on the plane, and that the uh, scarf will be my zoning in front of the TV with my parents while I'm in the Caribbean because yeah well you know grandma and grandpa are actually watching the small child yeah and you get to relax and watch TV or it might be while grandma and grandpa watch their TV with the small child mm-hmm. because my parents have gotten into sitcoms that I just don't watch I will be probably sitting outside listening to birds and things like that oh yes because you can sit outside at Christmas yes I can <laughs> sit outside at Christmas down there. And not sit outside, you know, ice fishing. No. Or sit outside in a backyard igloo. Nope. My father is a gardener, and his garden is year-round. His herb garden is three frickin' feet tall. God. Because there's just no winter. Yeah. There's no dieback period. He grows he grows sugarcane. He grows bananas. Wow. He grows... And he's like, I can't get rid of it fast enough. <laughs> I've got too much stuff. Yeah. He's like, we've got enough bok choy to feed a village. So yeah, I did cast on the linen stitch scarf, got into it a little bit, realized it is rather bulky for a traveling project, but it will be going down to the Caribbean with me. And people are going to look at me so funny. What are you knitting? A scarf? Wouldn't it be easier to knit it the other way? Yeah, we just kind of just realized, if there was a whirring noise in the background for the last few minutes, we just realized there was a small heater on. Sorry, totally forgot about that. probably within mic range, so we'll see if it comes up on the final edit. But yeah, that was me. I've been doing... Lots of other little Christmassy doodaddy stuff, so that's been sort of the extent of my knitting. But I can do that, because I don't have Christmas knitting left. Yay! Yay! I'm even going even more along the slutty avenue, and I'll talk about that later. Okay, my turn? Yep, your turn. I haven't worked on a heck of a lot this week. I don't know if you can still hear it, but last weekend... I came down with a cold, just in time for the library Christmas party. Aw, poor Cowan. I even bought a new dress for it. I'm like, okay, there's 60 bucks I probably could have saved otherwise. Great. But yeah, so I've had a cold all week, and I've been working a fair bit, so there's been quite a few times where I just came home and was like, yeah, I'm just gonna curl up in front of the TV and relax and not do anything. I know I worked on the Viper Pilots last weekend when we had people over to watch Muppet Christmas Carol and Love Actually. Yeah. At my house. Squee! I think I worked on them at midnight. <laughs> you don't remember? I don't really remember. That was at the end of a very long day when I hadn't had a lot of sleep and I was not feeling that great. Okay. Yeah, we're still plugged up and everything. So I, I'm sure I have this this one fleeting mental image of the blue sort of folder that I keep my printed out patterns in on the table. So I must have been working on them. We'll say that you worked on them. Yeah. Even if you didn't, we'll say that you did. I should probably take a look at this so I can <laughs> work on it and see if I managed to royally screw anything up. That Viper pilot kind of looks a bit like Toothless's tail now. Yeah, and I worked a bit on the Spring Forward socks. I always have to take a minute because some part of my brain always wants to call them the Sunday Swing socks, which is also a nitty pattern. But no, Spring Forward socks and the Tannis yarn. I've worked a little bit on those, and then just tonight I worked a little bit on the plain stockinette socks while I was on the bus coming here. Other than that, like I said, I, I haven't really Those were, Those were the socks much. that... You got a lot of it knit while inside the Twilight movie. Yeah, the first sock. I actually, right. oh yeah, I probably didn't even mention that. I probably this was pro- had probably happened since last time. I finished the first sock of that. So the first sock took me like uh, ten days. Yeah, maybe a little less. It's amazing what happens when you spend like three hours straight just knitting. 
Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I just haven't done a whole heck of a lot. I'm trying to remember if I... I can't even remember. Poor Kellen! <laughs> I'm just tired, man. I've also been just trying to clean my room, and so there's been a few days where I've spent a few hours just sitting on the floor of my room and going through stuff. You're going through a, an organization and purge, or... Mostly purge. Restructuring? Mostly purge, and then I'm going to reorganize a bit. <laughs> I know, I'm just kind of like, still... I was going to say, you're either really tired or you look very defeated at the thought. (laughs) A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. (laughs) I've been looking at stuff online. There's stuff I want to do just today, just with, oh my god, with how cold it was. I'm like, okay, I think next weekend when the Purple Pearl has its sale, I think I'm going to look for some wool alpaca blend worsted weight that I can make mittens out of. Because waiting for the bus today, it was like, god damn, it's cold out. My hands... And my body is cold. (laughs) My feet were fine. I was only wearing my Crocs loafers and wool socks. My feet, perfectly nice and toasty. The rest of me, freezing my ass off. And actually, Mike, I was telling Maggie earlier, when I was coming here, my coat has two layers to it. Neither of which are like hugely thick, but they're sort of insulated-y. I have a sort of red vest. And then over top of that goes a, a black jacket for my winter coat. This afternoon, when I was going home from work around 4.30, I was wearing the vest and the jacket and like freezing. It felt like the cold was going straight down to my bones. When I was coming here tonight, when the sun had completely set and it's probably colder, I had my Central Park hoodie on, which is made of like 100% Peruvian wool, and the black outer jacket, which is is not that thick. Right. And I was fine waiting for the bus. Power of the sheep. It's amazing how warm wool actually is. But I think I could use some thicker mittens. Yeah. And alpaca would help too because alpaca is super duper warm. And of course I've still been, you know, lusting over sweaters and socks and shawls and... We can get to that in Cravings, Covets, and Crushes because I got shit to talk about too. Oh yeah. You have turned me into such a little harlot. Yes! Going into Geek Squee, we has announcements of the Sherlockian style. Yay! So, first, the BBC's Sherlock. Apparently, the first episode of Series 2, A Scandal in Belgravia, is coming out on New Year's Day. If there was in n- Britain. never a better reason to start a new year, yes, <laughs> a new Sherlock episode is right up there. And then after that, I think they said it, they're going to be showing them once a week. So it'll be a week after that that the next episode will be on. So it's uh, Scandal and Belgravia, and then there's The Hounds of the Baskervilles and The Reichenbach Fall. And I cannot wait to see these episodes! Especially because they're all sort of based on home stories. Yeah, yeah. And I know they're probably going to get very different from the actual story, but it's... I really want to see, though, how they twist the original story. I I remember reading Hound of the Baskervilles. Yeah, because, I mean, like, with the first episode, A Study in Pink. Yeah. Based on A Study in Scarlet. Scarlet. One of the neat little things is, like, when they find the body, the, the victim has written... R-A-C-H-E beside the body, and that's in the original story. Mm-hmm. In the original story, Scotland Yard is all like, oh, he must have been writing the name Rachel. And Sherlock's actually like, no, actually it's German for revenge, you morons. In A Study in Pink, they flip it. Yes. <laughs> it's one of the, the pain-in-the-butt guys from Scotland Yard that's like, hmm, that's German for revenge, and then instead it does turn out to be the right. name Rachel right. has a big significance to the story. So I, I love the way they, they play around with things, so I cannot wait to see what but they, they do. But they stay true to the concept of Holmes. Yeah. It's so cool. I love it. I so can't wait. Oh, oh, oh. And they released promo, a promo picture 
of Irene Adler. Yes, yes, and I Sherlock. Saw that. I, I saw that. We can see it. That's gonna be so awesome. We're gonna have to do a, a, a drinking night whenever we do get to see this. Is like drink every time Adler outdoes Sherlock. <laughs> drink every time he can't stand it. Drink every time you can see the love between Sherlock and Watson. <laughs> drink every time it spawns another f- slash fanfic. Oh, God. Oh, God, we'd be on the floor by halfway in. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, so in other Sherlockian news, as in the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlockian arena, the trailer for Game of Shadows is out, which mm-hmm. is the second Sherlock Holmes movie from the United States Hollywood. Yeah, the second know, world. trailer for it. Right, the second say. trailer. Yeah. I've only, I've only seen one trailer because I was sort of... <clears throat> watching it at work. Hey, you know, I was waiting for something to PDF and, you know, anyway. And, oh my God, it looks, I know there's supposed to be some curse that goes along with movies and their sequels, but this does really look like they put effort into it. It looks really good. Yeah, they showed a slightly different trailer at the beginning of Breaking Dawn. So that was probably the second trailer that you're talking about. And it does look, it does look really interesting. I still have, like, no idea, idea what's going what the on. hell's going on, other than there's Moriarty. But... I don't... And there, there's explosions. Uh, there's and explosions going everywhere. on in, like, somewhere else in Europe and stuff. I don't think anybody knows what the heck's going on in the Sherlock movies until probably the last 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, for anybody who has not seen this, to pique your curiosity, is the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock showing up suddenly dressed in drag with the with the peacock blue eye shadow and overdone rouge and bonnet and everything, and then smoking a pipe in the same makeup. Yeah. It's some really hideous looking drag. Oh, yeah. He's, and he's a, <laughs> I'll admit it's not one of my best disguises, but I had to make do with what I had. Wow! <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that is out. I'm sorry, I really, really like... I mean... I I love both Sherlock's and if Cumberbatch made a movie, a Sherlock movie, oh. which you know nudge nudge wink wink, push push whatever that if, would be awesome. If that happened, I would play that sort of round the clock into into the night if I <laughs> if I needed had to because I've done that with the first Sherlock movie. I just love the old you know the costumes, the setting, the mm-hmm. everything about it. Loved it, and I'll probably you know, listen to the next one ad nauseum as well. That's okay, though. I I decree that it's perfectly acceptable. So apparently Fandango.com did a poll of what movies uh, moviegoers were looking forward to. And uh, guess what? Women like genre films, too. Hells yeah! Like, you know, comic book movies and sci-fi fantasy. Because when they looked at the top, especially when they looked at the top five uh, movies that either men or women were looking forward to, both groups said they were looking forward to The Hobbit and The Avengers. Now, of course, there were other differences with between men and women. Like they said, one of the ones they said men were looking forward to was The Bourne Legacy and women were looking forward to Twilight Breaking Dawn. But then when you look at, when they asked them what remakes they're looking forward to, and their definition of a remake is a little... Big or... Loose. Okay. But basically the two lists for each sex, sex same, same, same list, just in slightly different order. Both of them were looking most forward to Total Recall, the next Spider-Man movie, Great Gatsby, Snow White and the Huntsman, and Mirror Mirror. The only thing that was different was the order. I'm finding it hard to imagine a guy saying that he wants to go see Mirror Mirror of his own accord. I don't know 
Why? Well, that might one, be stereotype. It's an, one, it's an internet poll, so they can click whatever button they okay, want. Okay, yeah, sure. And two, like, yeah, it looks like a funny movie. Julia Roberts is in a dress, which the skirt's kind of ludicrous, but the top is, like, a pretty tight corset, so she looks kind of hot. Now, of course, you know, that's what I meant and what I mean when they say, okay. like, yeah. remake is, like, Mirror Mirror, Snow White... They're not really... It's a fairy tale. I don't know if you can really remake a fairy tale, considering the number of different versions there are. Yeah. But, and then yeah. the other one was, like, The Great Gatsby. It's like, yeah, it's based on a book. It's not really a remake. But it is interesting that they both had the same list. I think that's cool. Because, big surprise! Yeah. Girls like comic book movies and other kind of genre films, too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Nice to have some numbers to back up what women yeah. have been saying all this time. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many women do we know that like comic book movies and sci-fi fantasy and... Would be prepared and are planning to wear... Thrillers co- and stuff. Willing to wear costumes to movie openings. Hell yes! I've already told you that I have to get you the Team Charlie t-shirt, right? Yes! Yeah. I want a Team Charlie t-shirt! I would be tempted to, like, go to a midnight opening or something just because I had that t-shirt. <laughs> just so I could see people's reactions. I mean, screw Edward and Jacob. I want Charlie. I found... A very interesting project called The Monster Engine. And this is an illustrator. His name is Dave, and I can only think of two ways to pronounce the last name. DeVries or DeVries. What he does is he's gotten these monster scribble pictures from children. And we're talking like three and four and five years old. Yeah. And he makes them over to be as realistic as possible. Yeah, like... And he he stays... Very, very true to the original scribble. Very true to it. But he just enhances it with lighting and with color and texture and the background and things like that. And it's really interesting stuff. I mean, you know, okay, yeah, it's all monsters, but the kids were asked to draw monsters not from copying from a book, but to draw a monster from out of their head. Yeah. And he's put compiled all of these into a 48-page book, and you can compare the scribble to the finished illustration, and it's called The Monster Engine. If you just Google The Monster Engine and search through the images, you'll start getting kits yeah. for you'll see what we're talking about. Of- it's really cool stuff. He's really very yeah. good. I mean, the illustrations are really good on their own, and then when you see how he sort of brought this child's drawing to life in this illustration, it's really neat. Yeah, it is. It, you know has a lot of material for possible nightmares if you're looking at that stuff too late at night with oh, yeah, it's too much alcohol. It's nightmare fuel, definitely. <laughs> but it's excellent artwork, nonetheless. <laughs> oh, and speaking of fantastic sort of things, io9.com has a huge table of the rules of magic for tons of different fantasy series. So basically it has like all these different fantasy series listed down the left side. And then it's got little questions along the top, like, say, you know, where does magic come from? How do you wield magic in that universe? Is there good and evil magic? And it gives answers. So you can sort of compare the answers to all the different ones. And of course they have things like, you know, they have the Darkest Rising series by Susan Cooper. They have Harry Potter. They have, I think they have Discworld. They have, they have oh, everything on my there. God. It's huge. And they've actually, when I was just looking at it tonight in the article just before it, at the beginning of it, they said they've actually updated the table and changed things based on what people have commented. 
Okay. So it's really neat looking through looking through it. I remember one of the other categories was is magic hereditary in right. this universe. So like for Harry Potter it would say, you know, that like yes, it's hereditary, but we don't know where the magic itself comes from and you know, you wield it using wands and spells and potions and that sort of thing. And it's really cool to look at. It must have been quite a lot of work. <laughs> that was one that was a couple of geeks magnum opus. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they had, like, their entire office thinking of all the different fantasy series that they've read and adding stuff. And It was the Ministry of Magic compiling of all the possible universes. Yeah, actually, yeah, one of the other, one of the categories, too, is, like, is the non-magical world aware of right. the magical world? Which I imagine in most contemporary fantasy, I'll call it, sort of settings, would be a no. Yeah. Except in a few cases, like maybe, I don't know if it's magic, but it's more paranormal than the magic, but something like the Sookie Stackhouse series. Or the Dresden Files. Right. Ooh, I gotta go look that up. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they say, considering in there it's something that, like, it's not a huge secret, because, well, obviously, he li- he's listed as wizard, wizard. In, the, in the phone book. And he's a consultant to the police force. Yeah. But a lot of people don't... Take it seriously. Believe him. Believe. Yeah. It's not like, like... Like, you do magic tricks? <laughs> yeah. It's not like he gets a tax break for being a wizard. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's not like they're, like, integrated, fully integrated into society, and this is just... Right. It's not like this is part of the society where everyone is just like, yeah, that totally exists. Unlike, say, Lord of the Rings. Right. Where it's like, yeah. There's wizards. Don't piss them off. That tends to be a very bad idea. Okay, this is going to be a little bit experimental now. This is the part where I'm going to show Karen something that I found, and we are going to record her reaction, because she's not seen this yet. She actually mentioned something about this, like, a few days ago. She said she found something that would make me squee. Well, I know it made me squee. Yeah. Because I thought of all the knitting connotations that go to it. Yeah. It's not knitting associated in this video. Yeah. But I'm thinking of, I could totally take knitting and, wow. Anyway, I might just be going way off top, I'm yeah. way off into left field with this, but the thing is that I'm a very visual color attracted type of person. But then at knit night, Maggie was like, do you want me to tell you? And I was like, eh, let's do this live on the podcast. So we'll see. And now I'm scared that I've actually talked it up way too much. The Toyota Fun V? Yep. (laughs) It is a car. The Fun V, not the humdrum V. So it is a concept car. Okay. It's not going to be coming out anytime immediately. Color. Oh man, that's awesome. Can you imagine getting a new color car every day? Yeah, basically what it shows is this guy walking down to his car and then opening up like his iPhone and it comes up with like almost like paint chips on the screen and you press one and the car changes color. That would be awesome. You could have, and it's electric, of course. Yeah. Dude, you could have an Argyle car. That's exactly what I thought of. Ah! Because wait, 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 wait. Wait until we get a little farther in. There's your car's AI. She looks like an airline steward. Can I make the AI look like Kiefer Sutherland? Probably by that time, you can. <laughs> Probably by that time, it'll be just like, you know, the boob app. Ooh, or maybe you can switch between them. Some days I feel like Kiefer, some days I feel like Vigo, some days I feel like... (laughs) So he's just invited people over. Which is displayed on the surface of the car, as though the car is like a big screen. He's just taken a picture of flowers. And they're now in the car! You can change the floor coloring. Oh my god, it looks like clouds! It's like you're in the car! Like, 
in the clouds, you've got hardwood floors, you've got like Trom, you've got all kinds of stuff. Update your AI. Oh yeah, the AI just changed to someone else. No, same girl, the different okay. outfit. Different hair too. She's wearing a Mondrian. A Mondrian like tube bra. Virtual and cir- skirt. Virtual circuit. Basically, your windshield now becomes a video game player. Car 1 and Car 2 are going to race each other in a video game. Oh my god. What I really what I like about this is that unlike the smart car, it has place for a booster seat in the back. I can't have a smart <laughs> car. I, I need I need a third I need a third passenger seat so that I can bring my son with me. Of course, with all the stuff that pops up on the display and stuff, hopefully these cars, like, drive themselves. Yep, actually, that was part of... You were talking into the mic at that time. Okay. And it finishes up with what looks like a big concert where a bunch of DJs use the cars to do a light show. Wow. It's the fun V. Yeah, the fun V. There you go. Not the humdrum V. All right, so that was that was the find. What did you think? That is kind of awesome, and I would totally have a knitting-covered car. There you go. You take a picture of... An Aaron sweater. Right. And all of a sudden you have cables going up your car. Yeah. That would be awesome. Or Feral. Yes. And you can just pick a picture of whatever and change it. Yeah. Or hand-dyed. Think of anything that you could put on your car. That and you would can be cha- awesome. You could change it with your mood. My car could have a sweater for every day of the week. Yes, it basically. could. I just thought it was so awesome. And I'm like, I'm not really into cars, but I want one. You could duplicate stitch all kinds of stuff onto knitting and then put that on your car. Boobs. And I'm just thinking of all of the uh, coding hacks that they would put into it. So you could special upgrade if you want the Hugh Jackman AI. <laughs> Oh, hello. Well, they do have things like the GPS units. You can get all the different voices. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. And if you pay an extra $100, it's Hugh Jackman without a shirt. If you pay an extra $1,000, it's Hugh Jackman without any pants. In which case, it's really good that the car drives itself, because that'd be kind of distracting. Okay, so anyways, that is a concept car. Yes. Not... And if you want to look it up, it's the Toyota Fun V, F-U-N-V-I-I. Right. And it's... The fun and V are two separate words. It's on YouTube. You can find it. And from what I've been told, because I'm not really super into all of the tech stuff that's going on right now, I just accept certain things. You know, like travel into the future is not possible at the moment. It's sort of, it's a concept. I know on one of the podcasts I listened to, I think it was one of the Galactic Water Cooler yeah. podcasts, they they just discussed this concept called FM, right? which basically stands for fracking magic, where, like, basically when technology gets to a certain point, and it's different for each person, you know, when it gets to a certain level, it's just magic. Yeah. It just does It just what does. It does. But I'm told that 90% of the technology that we just saw already exists. Ooh. No, I'm serious. I was told. <laughs> 90% of the technology in that video already exists. The only thing right now is making it economical enough yeah. for the person to buy. Yeah. Which... Not just to show off a car on top right, gear and right. no one can buy it. Right. And not for, you know, the extreme elites, because this is meant to be for your yeah. av- your average person. Which I hope happens, you know, sooner rather than later. So that is a concept car for somewhere in 20XX, whenever that happens. Oh, and speaking of futuristic stuff... Yes? Now you can have a little piece of the future, or sci-fi future, Mayor? in your house. Mayor? Instructables. Someone's done a guide to rigging doors to open and close, like the doors on Star Trek. Oh! You two can have the force. That's Star Wars. Oh yeah. Shit. Cut that out. (laughs) Cut that out. Get cred down. Down. Wah, wah. Yeah, so you can have doors like on the Enterprise. 
Apparently they fa- figured out a way to move them with compressed air, so they even make the same noise. And there's, there's a whole guide. Basically what this person did is they took a standard interior door and cut it down the middle, and then installed sort of pocket door tracks, but it's all powered by compressed air. And unfortunately it's not motion censored, so there, I think they said you install like a little button that you push for the doors to open, right. and then they'll close automatically with the release of the the compressed air. I imagine for motion sensoring, that would be a drain on your electrical... Because you would have to have uh, motion detectors, basically, yeah. at all times and in the motion, house. Yeah, and the motion detector would have to be always on, on yeah. waiting for someone to approach it. Yeah. And, you know, how many times do you walk by a bank or some other store that has a motion sensor on the door, and it goes by because you walk within the field? Can you imagine the cats having fun with that? Oh my god. Can you imagine how much it would freak the crap out of the cats the first few times it happened? <laughs> they walk p- past this door and all of a sudden, boom, ah! the hell? That's when the cats do the, you know, the jump up and backwards at the same time. And the go run underneath and hide underneath the couch. Mom, it hissed at me! But really, when it, even when it comes to, even though it doesn't have the motion sensor, really, who cares? Yeah. It looks and sounds like the door's on Star Trek. That would be awesome! Now, Eric, all you need, and of course they are available online, is you just walk around in the uniforms and start yes. doing stuff like make it so. I do that at work, actually, whenever we get to a decision and, you know, nobody's followed it up with, okay, let's do this. And I'm like, make it so! <laughs> like, okay, somebody do it. So in this case, it'd be more like, oh, hey, hon, I was, I'm ordering pizza for dinner tonight. Make it so. Would you, would you like Earl Grey with that? <laughs> Earl Grey, hot. And speaking about our little introduction today. Ooh. So, um... Big boo-boo. The Mythbusters kind of accidentally damaged someone's house and someone else's car with what? a cannonball. 700 feet or something yeah. off target? Well, because they were saying they were at the Alameda County Sheriff's Department bomb range, which we see in every episode, because yeah. that's where they go to make things go explodey. And... That's their playground. Yes. Basically, yes. These guys have the most, most fun job ever. I know. I'm um, super envious of them. But yeah, they were firing a cannon, which I think from what they were saying was sort of a homemade cannon, and the projectile was supposed to go into like water-filled trash cans that were in front of a concrete wall. Okay. I've said read a couple articles, and it's sure, I'm sure it's the sort of thing where I would have to watch like an actual computer model of what happened. But apparently, this thing went... I don't even know if they said if it went over that, or off to the side of that, or what happened, but somehow it ended up going like 700 feet... Beyond? Beyond. Into the neighborhood that borders the bomb range... <laughs> And actually, like, went through the front of a house, out the back of the back wall of the house. And yeah. I've seen pictures of the hole. The hole looks like it's, like, a foot in diameter. And then, like, ricocheted off a sidewalk. I think it, they said it hit another roof and then ricocheted off a sidewalk and then slammed into someone's minivan. I can only imagine whatever living creature, dog, animal, rat, person must have been thinking when they started hearing all of this sort of carnage happening. Yeah. It must have been like, what the hell was 
that. Luckily, no one was hurt. Yes, that is that. that is very very fortunate that yeah, no one was hurt. hurt. Obviously, there was property damage, but I follow a couple of the people from MythBusters on Twitter, and they said that you know, okay, we are in meetings with the people whose stuff was destroyed, and you know, talking about compensation and fixing stuff or having stuff fixed. Oh, I wonder what this is going to do to their insurance. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I imagine their insurance rider must be pretty expensive to begin with. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, they they do follow the insurance because I think there was one time where they had built this mechanical great white to experiment how to stop. If you were would be able to, in the jaws of a great white, would you have the power and the leverage to be able to hit it in the eye or in the gills if you were yeah. in its jaws? And they had built it so that it would slash its head back and forth while you were in the jaws. I know, it was a really big mechanical project. And yeah. at the last minute, insurance called and said, no, Adam, you are not doing this. Yeah, there's been a few times on the yeah. show where they're like, where they said, okay, we can't do this for insurance reasons. Yeah. I know Jamie is one of the representatives for the Health and Safety Committee, so I'm, I mean, r- really, considering what they do. Yeah. They, it's amazing no one's It's amazing that this hasn't happened before. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is a credit that the show's been going for years and years now. They've done some really outrageous stuff. Yeah. And this is the first really bad accident that's happened. So that yeah. in that, that in itself they, is positive. And they talked the article that we were looking at, they did talk to someone from the sheriff's department and they said like they had fired that thing off like fifty times that day and nothing happened. And fifty one was apparently the Or at least or like not, that, nothing happened but like, you know, things never went awry, basically. Right. Not that not seven hundred feet awry. Yeah. So Wow. This sounds like it could have just been, like, some sort of weird perfect storm of... Circumstances. Crap hitting fan. Yeah. Basically. And Adam and Jamie weren't at the field, right? It was... From what... Uh, from the, the picture that apparently was on Twitter and was pulled down, um, and when I've heard... I think it was actually Tori, Grant, and Carrie that right. were... It was their project that they were doing. Can you imagine having to make that call to Jamie? Oh, or God. Adam? Oh, God. So um, we uh, we broke a lot kinda, of shit. Kind of, kind of broke someone's house and someone's car. And all I can <laughs> that see, is not the call you want to make to your boss. I, I can only, I can see both Jamie and Adam on the other on the other end. You know, like split screen on their cell phone, going absolutely straight faced and going what? And you know, it's just just that one word is so much worse coming from Jamie. <laughs> it just is. <laughs> Yeah, the dude will kill you with his mustache. Yes. <laughs> with the walrus mustache. I'm making little hand motions. <laughs> like a little mustache over my hand. Over my oh, man. Well, pro- props to you guys for, you know, stepping up and seeing that stuff is taken care of. We hope shit doesn't get broken in this way in the future. Obviously, we like shit to get broken on your shows. But the plan broken. Yeah, blowing shit up on the show. Watching stuff blow shit up is always fun on the show. When it's shit that blows up that, you know doesn't belong to anybody. <laughs> or, you know, it, it can be funny to watch Adam lose eyebrows, but, yeah. you know, nothing be- beyond that. Okay, moving from that into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, I feel like such a little project slut, especially when it's coming to sweaters. Because, yes, we all know that I've got my Cascade for the Evan Dim. I've got my Madeline Tosh, and apparently I'm on the quest for the perfect sweater for it. And this past week, I thought I found it. I thought I had found it. I saw on Ravelry, and I was stalking Ravelry for a couple of days, the front cover of Textured Stitches by Connie Chang Chinchio. And the sweater that's on the front cover, mm-hmm. I fell in lust with. 
Yes. There was everything about it that I loved. And because it was so recently published, it's dated as November of this year, the patterns were not released on Ravelry yet. Yeah. And as they started getting released on Ravelry a couple a day, mm-hmm. my sweater still wasn't there, still wasn't there. And I kept saying, I need to find out whether I've got the right yarn for it. Yes, and you were stalking the site. I was. And it was at Knit Night that I mentioned this to the group, and our illustrious member, Michelle, mm-hmm. just looked at a couple of the patterns or that were already listed and decided that this was a worthwhile purchase and downloaded the ebook right then and there on her yep. iPad. So we were able to so browse. So we were all the book. able to browse. And by the way, the general consensus is a five star ooh, and another mention of I would run through naked through deep snow for this book. <laughs> which is an all new level of praise as far as I know. Yes. But yes, everything in this book is beautiful in, oh, yeah. in my respect. I think everything in this book is beautiful. The sweater I was lusting over is called the Intagliata Henley. Sadly, it is not the gauge yarn that I have in stash. What does that mean? It means I go buy more yarn. That was a fingering weight yarn, right? Yes. They had made it out of Madeline. A Madeline Tosh sock. So you'll have to buy some Tosh sock then. Uh, yeah, I actually started stocking the uh, colors, deciding, okay, I've got a, I've got a French blue and I've got a rich evergreen. So what's the next color I'm going to experiment with? So I'm just going to start having a rainbow of, of sweaters. <laughs> what the heck? I've already got a, yeah. pur- I've got a purple that I've done. So I'm going to try and go through the color spectrum before I double up on colors. My wardrobe, I'm knitting it. I also really <laughs> like the Albero cowl jacket, which is also in the Textured Stitches book. And the thing is, I think about it, you know, a lot of people would start stashing up in their socks and have, like, multiples of six sock projects on the go. I'm go- apparently going that way with the sweaters because that is the third sweater that I have decided in my head that will be knit. It shall be done. <laughs> and that will be knit sometime soon. Yeah, there's a lot of really pretty stuff in this. There's quite a few sweaters, but there's also... There's gloves. Accessories as well. There's yeah. a headband. There's a few hats. And um, scarves and shawls and wraps. There is a raindrop cardigan as well that had a motif that went down the yes, back. Yes, that, that was w- the one I looked at and I was like, ooh. That I one was really popular at the knit night. Oh, and the uh, yeah, the Albero cowl jacket. It's got that sort of offset or um, asymmetrical front. Where the, I think it's buttoned sort of like on your, not quite in your shoulder, but between your shoulder yeah. and your your chest. It's sort of like almost a military basically, stylish where the buttons are full over to one side. But yeah, basically not, like one side is smaller than the other, so it sort of wraps one side wraps further around yeah. you and the the split between the two is sort of over And the patterns over are over a boob basically. <laughs> and the patterns are now all on Ravelry. Yeah. So you you can see them now. The gems hoodie was also really pretty. Yeah. It's got just got a little bit of patterning up around the top. I really love that raindrop cardigan, though. I think that's the one, like, looking at the... You think that's the one that's going to go viral? Ooh. I don't know about going viral, because I don't, I don't know. But when it comes to the ones that, like, I have to knit this at some point, there's that one and the Professoressa yeah. cardigan that has this gorgeous... It's like a lattice, lattice work. Lattice work. Yeah down the f- each side. And I think it might wrap around at the back, too. At the back of the neck. Yes, but it's it really does. pretty. And I think I'll have to make that at some point. It uses Barocco Ultra pa- Alpaca Light, so I think I might have to do a sweater or two from that one someday. Yeah. Add it to my ever-longer queue. Well, I'm apparently just making a harem. Yeah, I think the other night I actually went into my actual queue and there was like 44 pages of projects. I was talking to someone yesterday, one of our friends, Lillian, who we also work with. 
you know, I was talking about my wish list on one of the library websites for ebooks. And it's not a strict list like I must read every single book on this list or I must read them in this order. It's more like a so that when I want to read something, I go to my wish list which already cuts down, so I'm not looking through stuff that there's no way I'd want to read anyway. This yeah. is the stuff that I've decided, I'm, okay, I might want to read this at some point. And then I'll go through and be like, okay, I think I feel really like reading this one, and I think I feel like reading this one. It's sort of like that with my cue. That works. Basically, I've gone through and found all the stuff that I, I would knit at some point. And then, you know, when I feel like knitting something, I just put in what I feel like knitting and what size yarn I have and that sort of thing, and then I hit in my cue... And that narrows down the field to all the stuff that I really like. So it's easier to just, it's theoretically easier to decide. Sometimes I look at it and it's like, oh, I really want to use, I really want to do both of those. (laughs) And I should probably mention that at least one of us is going to be at the Purple Pearls pre-Boxing Day, Boxing Day sale. I am going to be there. Maggie is waffling right now, and I am trying to enable her. After I've just announced to the world that I need to go and buy more yarn for a sweater. And they're going to be have a sale! Oh, jeebus. I mean, if you can reasonably afford it. Yes, I know, I know. It would be the, it would be the right time. You know, as long as, I mean, as long as it's not like... I shouldn't spend this money, but... But, I mean, like I said, if you can reasonably afford it, you know, this would be a good time to do it. I should go just at the very least for the camaraderie and the atmosphere. Yeah, I think and it would just be even fun. see it, yeah. too, because basically they pull out, like, the table and the chairs that people sit in, and they move it, like, downstairs, so that, like, in the middle, there's tables with all kinds of deals on I should on go. Them. Oh my god, I should go. I think last year they had, like, okay, this is the $5 a skein table, or other sort of, like, mega deal things. Okay, okay, they okay. They door okay. crashers. Okay. I'm, going to, I'm going to want to get there early. Okay, <laughs> How early is early? Not like 6 a.m. They open at 10. Well, remind me to talk to Monkey about it when we go back upstairs. Enables. Okay. I can check out the the go train schedule right now. We'll have have to find out if the illustrious Michelle is going too. Yes, I'm going to post it on Plurk and... Okay, we'll have to make her her a shirt now. But yes, so at least one of us will be there. So if you see us, say hello. I haven't decided yet whether I'm actually going to wear my Knit One Geek 2 t-shirt. I will. If I go, I will be. Okay, yeah. I probably will. I'm I'm kind of tempted to make myself a a Santa hat that's in black and white to to sort of match. Maybe a little thread of red. Yeah, or something like that. Anyway, and I might actually bring the stickers with me in <laughs> case anyone sees us. But yeah, so if you see us there, if you're going, and we won't be spending like the whole day there, but what the heck? I kind of want to get there early-ish. So if you're there sort of in the morning-ish, Are we gonna you want, might see us. If we do this. So what we're probably going to do is we're probably going to podcast that night. That'll be a Sunday night. So that episode will come out fairly late. <laughs> probably about as late as last week's episode came out because I ended up getting a cold and not being able to work, sit up for more than 20 minutes on Monday before I had to lie down. But um, That's alright, it still <laughs> happened. It'll come out late-ish that week. But then that'll also eat into some of that time because then that the weekend after that is Christmas. Right. So we won't be recording that weekend. So there'll be a sort of two-week gap. Oh my god, I'm going to be listening to that episode while I'm down in Nassau. Yes, you will. Oh my god. I'm going to be listening to the podcast. 
My brothers I can deal with listening to it, but my my parents coming along, uh, this is going to get awkward. I did tell you my mother took some of her episodes with her on her iPod when she went to England. Yeah, you got you? you got that awkward coming back to you this coming yeah. week, don't you? Well, we'll just remember to be on our best behavior. Or better behavior. No boobs. I need another gingerbread cookie now. I think I need something for my throat because it's starting to feel kind okay. of Okay, we're going to start wrapping up here. Wrap it up with a nice big bow. So we have one last episode for you guys before the break for Christmas. There is a chance, not 100% sure, there is a chance we will record just before the new year. So be thinking about your new year fiber wishes, expectations, or resolutions, or plans. Mm -hmm. and uh, send them to us if you have any ideas. Or if you're not making any New Year's resolutions in that case, that's a valid answer, too. It is. It is indeed (laughs) a valid answer. You can resolve not to make any resolutions. I've actually used that before. When people started to ask me in my early adult years about resolutions, I said, I'm fine the way I am, damn it. Yeah, or I can see I would mainly only make, like, knitting resolutions or something like that, and they'd be very general resolutions. Yeah. Or like, even in life, I'd probably be like, I resolve to read more. I'm not putting any sort of definite limit on it, because I know that's probably, you know, the fastest way to not do it. Yeah, that would last a whole, you know, put, putting such strict limitations on it would make it last a whole 24 hours. If you make I'm it- definitely not going to do something like go cold turkey on a yarn diet or something. That's just crazy talk. For like six months or whatever. Well, yeah, that's not happening. Not with this crowd. No. Well, especially not since I asked for gift certificates for my birth for Christmas. All right, everybody. If you're cold, stay warm. If you're hot, carry on. And we're all hot, aren't and we, we're all baby? hot, damn it. All right, guys. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar for our microphone fund, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's knit one geek 2mtpocketsorg You can also comment on our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody. Hey! 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 I'm cutting that out. I did not need that visual. I don't... You owe me brain bleach. Shit. Okay, fine. Are you done now? Yes. Are you quite happy? Yes. Okay.